No belch mic? No. I, we don't have time. Okay. <laughs> let's let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff. I'm one of your hosts. I am James Marino. I'm the other one of your hosts. And, and today, we are going to talk about... Ladies and gentlemen, the drum- greatest movie of all time, 1999's End, End of Days! days. <laughs> yeah. The one where Arnold fights the devil. <laughs> Oh, does he fight the Jesus. devil? Jesus. All right. <laughs> R- written by Andrew W. Marlowe, directed by Peter Hyams, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. How did we end up doing two Arnold movies now? <laughs> what would Maggie. We... Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, somehow on our horror podcast, we've covered two Arnold movies. We could probably also do Predator and, I would, ter- and Terminator. I would do all of them. Because, I mean, Terminator is just a slasher. Everybody knows that. But anyway, uh, also starring Gabriel Byrne as the Devil, Robin Tunney as Christine, Kevin Pollock as Chicago. I know. <laughs> and there's other people that pop up, but I, I didn't list them. So the that first ir- that irritated me through the entire movie, Kevin Pollock from Los Angeles, who sounds like he's maybe from New York, is not even attempting a Chicago accent. It irritated the fuck out of me. How many Chicago writers or actors are there? They could have fucking cast one. Get at least a decent half-ass accent out of him. Yeah, but Kevin Pollack. Fair enough. <laughs> but he wasn't even utilized in this movie. Oh, he had he had some quips, my friend. A couple, but it's Kevin Pollack. I expected more. All right. So here's the first thing that I want to talk about. Andrew W. Marlowe, the writer. Mm-hmm. Previous to this, he had a big hit with Air Force One. He wrote Air Force One. This was his second film. Mm-hmm. And after this, he wrote Hollow Man. That was his film career. Hollow Man. Is that the Invisible Man one? That's the, yeah, the Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Andrew Marlowe was also a Nickel Fellowship screenwriting award winner. Like, this man won an award for screenwriting. The guy who wrote this movie won an award won for screen, screenwriting. Won an award for screenwriting. So, here's the thing I have a sneaking suspicion. The, since we do a lot of movies where, you know, the writer and the director is the same person, or yeah. a group, uh, you know, a writing yeah. duo, the, you know, those are really re- super, like, passion projects. I have a sneaking suspicion that this guy was just hired by a studio and they said, hey, we need a movie where the president, uh, Air Force One, gets hijacked. And he's just a studio writer. Oh, like a and hired they, gun. And they threw, hey, we need a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil at him. And I think he probably sat in his apartment and went, I'm in a fucking Nichols Fellowship Award winner. You want me to write this bullshit and turn this in? There is no way that this man put effort into this. But the dialogue was so stellar. I, I, and just what happens in the story is ludicrous. So I, I fully believe that this was just his, yeah, you want a fucking movie about Arnold fighting the devil? I'll write you a fucking movie about Arnold fighting the devil. Sons of bitches. And then we got end of days. <laughs> oh, the tone shifts in this movie. Also, Peter Hyams, a, oh. a legend in his own right, the director. 
I mean, we we talk about you know like Kubrick and you know, Coppola, or or more recently like a Chris Nolan, yeah, yeah. P.T. Anderson. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Peter Hyams is right up there with them. I mean, previous to this, his work was on the always timeless Time Cop. Ooh. He also directed Sudden Death. Really. And then later on in his career, he directed Enemies Closer. Not familiar. That is three Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Okay, I was going to say, he's managed to direct J.C. VD mm-hmm. and may, yet choose to make another one, and he must be a hell of a director. So w- what I'm getting at, though, with all of this is that if this movie makes sense to you, any, anyone listening, if you watch this movie and it, like, it tracks for you, you're a maniac. <laughs> you're a goddamn <laughs> lunatic because this movie is off the rails. It is. In every direction. They had to build a bigger map because it was so all over the map that it had to expand its parameters. It was crazy. So I, we've been kind of trying to break away from the, oh, let's just go scene by scene through a movie. Because, you know, that gets kind of boring and we, want, we just like to talk about what we like. It's still recording. Okay, I'm just checking. It, yeah, just the screen turned off. Making sure. Break my fucking concentration <laughs> like that. But where was I? I never know. <laughs> Any, oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> We, well, talking about a movie scene by scene has gotten kind of boring when we just kind of want to talk about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. However, I think we should return to that format because this film, beginning to end, is just a masterpiece. Oh, yes. Because we open with the eye of God Yeah, I'm... is the first thing that we see. Which is conveniently... A comet that you can see over moon, which happens to be on a completely clear night, of course. Yes. A comet going over the moon, supposed to be the eyebrow of God, and then the moon is supposed to be the eye, and he automatically walks to this tomb like he has been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Opens, just goes through six pages, ah, the eye yeah, of God. through a scroll. <laughs> Runs to, to the, the Pope. Pope. <laughs> hey, check this out. And the Pope's just like in a meeting. There's a bunch of dudes there. Yeah. He just happens to be, like, available at the time. Mm-hmm. And everybody looks a little vaguely annoyed. <laughs> and uh, we should mention that his name is Thomas Aquinas. Ah, yes. <laughs> because subtlety is not anywhere in this movie whatsoever. So the Pope tells them that the child will be born tonight. Uh, send emissaries to every city in the world. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a lot of emissaries. And, uh... He tells Thomas to find her and keep her safe. Mm-hmm. So we, also, we see, what was it, like six hours later, a baby being born in New York City. New York City. Uh, it's delivered directly to uh, actual real-life vampire lord Udo Kier. <laughs> oh, that guy, that guy, just amazing. <laughs> yeah, this movie's got Udo Kier in it. Did you know he was... up? Uh, to play the part that Gabriel Byrne had? Yeah, they just didn't want two Austrian leads. Yeah, they're like, there's too much German in this. And then they forget about Steiger, which is, you know, a real <laughs> Irish name. And uh, wouldn't you know it, it just happens that a lot of these Satanists work at the hospital and knew which baby was going to be the one that they needed. Well, yeah, but, you know, my mom worked in hospitals for 45 years. Hotbeds of Satanism. Hotbeds, I, I say. So we cut to 20 years later. 
Dun, and dun. just the sewers in New York City explode. Well, we forgot about the one cool scene, though. They, they took, I don't understand the whole symbolism of the rattlesnake. They took the rattlesnake, cut its uh, head off, yeah, and the anointed the serpent, it. serpent, I would assume. Oh, yeah. See, I missed out on all that Catholic stuff. I, there's probably a whole big part of this movie I just didn't understand. I'm, I'm sure you understood it just fine. It seems like their grasp on reality is tenuous at best. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so... The, the sewers well just explode in New York City for no apparent reason. Well, they, they must have realized it's been a thousand years to the minute. But then we see the devil mm-hmm. zipping through the air all translucent-y. Oh, yeah. Love that. Actually, some of the effects in this movie weren't bad. Yeah, and some of them were laughably yeah, bad, yes. even for the era. So uh, we get a very excellent possession scene where Gabriel Byrne is taken over by the devil mm-hmm. and James. Do you know how? Do you know how we know that he's the devil? How do we know that he's the devil? Oh, he just blatantly commits a sexual assault right in the middle of a restaurant. Oh, that's right. I thought you meant prior to that moment. I'm like, oh, well, I guess they kind of showed you. Uh, no. Just, and, oh, this. And, appara- and apparently, she was real into it. <laughs> yeah. Which was real gross. I know. So here comes one of the first of the inconsistencies of this film. When he walks outside, the entire restaurant behind him explodes. Nothing is wrong with him. He's fine. Mm -hmm. Coat, everything. Perfectly Perfect, yeah, yeah. So we cut to... Well, maybe being the devil, you have magic clothes-fixing powers. Oh, we'll we'll get to why that's a huge inconsistency later, but... uh, so uh, this is the first time that we get to see the man, the myth, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's doing a lethal weapon. Oh, right the, off the bat. Mm-hmm. Got the gun right under, or no, he's got it pointed at his head. Yeah, he's got it pointed into his forehead. <laughs> okay, and now all the conceivable ways to off yourself with a handgun, having it at a 90 degree angle pointed at the middle of your forehead. Uh-huh. First of all, the chances are you're going to miss shit and be a vegetable. So, no, he's a cop. He would know. Through the brainstem, back of the head, up through the top of your head. No. He is, he is a former cop. Let's make that very clear right off the bat because that will inform a lot of what happens later. Well, okay, but he, a former cop would know that no, that I, is the stupidest fucking way. We're also introduced to uh, the wonderful Kevin Pollack. As? Chicago, apparently. He was like, Johnny Chicago? I'm like... He sounds like Johnny Los Angeles. But uh, we'll get to why the name Chicago is very funny in a little bit. Okay. So he brings in Arnold some coffee, and Arnold is supposed to be hung over his dick. At so, no time in this entire movie does Arnold look like he's ever had even a sniff of fucking alcohol. He's supposed to be a functional alcoholic or even a semi-functional alcoholic. He's got clean skin, clear skin, clear eyes, no shakes, and manages to do... Incredible, ridiculous shit. But he's got stubble. Oh, I'm sorry. The stubble. The stubble (laughs) gave it away. Oof. So uh, he makes himself some breakfast, which is the coffee that... Oh, oh, I wrote all of this down. It's a a coffee that Kevin Pollack brought him. Some Pepto-Bismol. The bottom of a beer that apparently he's poured into a fancy glass, you know, like alcoholics do. You know, yeah. (laughs) Uh, A mystery something that I could not figure out. Some Chinese food and a pizza crust that he found on his floor. Oh, God. That, I, All I, go into a blunder, and he makes a quippy joke about, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> because, you know, of course they did. Oh. He offers offers uh, Jimmy Chicago some. He's like, no, I'll pass that. No, no, no. Yeah. So apparently they work for a security team. 
And Arnold asks him, who, who are we protect, protecting today? And it's some Wall Street scumbag. The, apparently is Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. The devil hired security. <laughs> well, prior to that, he wasn't really the devil, though. Right, but, it, okay, then let's flip that around. The, the devil just still carried out, like, Gabriel Byrne's regular plans for the next day? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I gotta keep up appearances. Well, there's so much crazy shit in this, you don't notice the inconsistencies until you rewatch. <laughs> oh, I, I... Well, I noticed a couple, but I'm just saying, in general... So, uh, apparently, there's a shooter who shoots Arnold right in the chest a few times, because that's who the shooter is supposed to be shooting at the devil, because Thomas, spoilers, it's Thomas, knows that that's the devil. devil? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, they pretty much land a helicopter in the streets of Manhattan, you Mm. know, like a security company's allowed to do. The only thing I could think of is that just... Is he supposed to be working for, like, Blackwater? I don't know. Because they have access to... Remember, they have the computers. They got the... I'm, I'm guessing it's got to be, like, know, the Blackwater James, thing. I don't know, James. Because I don't think places like that are allowed to operate just in the streets of New York City. Fair enough. <laughs> However, so they try to apprehend the shooter, and Thomas almost shoots them right in the face, but good thing he's a piss-poor aim from 12 feet away. Mm-hmm. Uh... He runs away. Arnold drops down on a t- on a cord, and he is just flying through the air like a banshee on the moors. Okay, let, let, let's get to this. It's incredible. Because up, up until this point, we're watching one movie. Okay? <laughs> we're watching this movie, and then everybody duck wide. Tone shift. Whoom. It went from being this movie to an action movie. So instead of going up the stairs like a fucking human being, no. Hey. Get me the chopper. Yes. So he gets the chopper. Get down here. <laughs> Him and Kevin Pollock hop in. Now, the time that it takes them to get the chopper, get in the chopper, and go to the roof, they could have fucking been there on the elevator. They get up there, they hop out. And I, I did that just irritated the living fuck out of me. So let's really kind of look at this for a moment, though. They work for a private security company. They have no jurisdiction to be hunting down individuals who perhaps may have shot at them. They are not law enforcement. (laughs) Fair enough. So Thomas tries to jump off the roof. Arnold catches him. Uh, The cord kind of snaps, and they go free-falling, and the cord re-engages, Thomas, a 70-year-old man, falls about, what, 40 feet down through a glass ceiling? Yeah. And runs away. It just gets up, hauls. Now, did he say something to him before or after that? No, they run into the sewer, or into the, uh, like, a subway line. Oh, yeah, they they run right into the set piece, yeah? Yep. You know, that place that will kill you if you run in there because there's electricity everywhere? Not only that, but it's right next to the steam and spark factory. Yeah. So, uh, Arnold shoots out his knees, because he points a gun at him after screaming at him. Mm-hmm. And that's when the cops show up. Ah, yes. And they don't really seem to care that these two just renegade individuals have tracked down a suspect. And not, well, not only that, but at no time in this movie is every... Any, I Granted, it's New York City, okay? But, come on, explosions and shit. Some, everybody is so nonplussed. There, nobody ever goes to investigate. Nobody ever goes, hey, look, Marge, that shit just blew up. Nothing. There's no reaction to any 
of this heinous shit happening throughout this entire movie. No, and she shows up and she knows Schwarzenegger because she just goes, Hey, Jer. Hey, Chicago. How you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just shoot a man in the kneecaps in a subway. Or it happens so Vigilante often. Vigilante justice at its best. Or it happens so often with him. They're like, oh, you shoot another guy this week. Come on. Oh, man. This movie is a Republican wet oh. dream. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, it is. So, uh, Arnold and Kevin Pollock decide to investigate this Thomas fella. Oh, yeah. So they just go and talk to a bar. Mm-hmm. And because apparently Thomas is also a drunk. Well, yeah, and it would it would feel. Oh, I love what was Arnold's line. I I I can figure out where he is because I'm an alcoholic. Like he had well, to almost say it word for word because we're not supposed to put two and two together. Well, they because they there's just a one cut scene of him and Kevin Pollock like walking into a bar and talking to a bartender. He says something about uh, you carry a guy in, uh, home enough times and you start to know where he lives or something. It's like what the fuck? This is gibberish. Ah, uh, yes. So they travel down into the disgusting living quarters that Thomas is squatting in? Yeah, I couldn't tell if what that was. Did he, is he, was he squatting or? They were ripping off seven. Yes. <laughs> yes, because that's where you first start. Blatantly. Seeing, and that's where you first start seeing the symbols. Yes. Which will become important later. They make, and one good thing about this movie, one good thing about this movie is that they it don't. rules. Well, okay, <laughs> if you say so. But the one good thing about this movie is that there's no problems. Everything that they even kind of bring up, they fill. They end oh, up and they beat it to fucking death. Problems resolve themselves immediately. There are mm. no stakes in this film. None whatsoever. If you if you want a movie where you, you don't have to think and just get on and enjoy the ride, this here's the movie. So, Kevin Pollock opens the broken refrigerator, and inside is a cat, (laughs) and a big-ass jar with a photo of Christine in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, did they find the tongue before or after the refrigerator? I I think it was a little bit before that. Okay, yeah, yeah. but first of all... You know, the, the minute that scene, as soon as Just, he was going to... I, I want you to absorb what happened in that scene. They open a broken refrigerator to a live cat and a picture in a jar. In a squat. <laughs> now, first of all, I have one big, huge problem with this. An entire set agreed that that was the thing that was going to happen that day, and then they did it. Oh, no. <laughs> in spite of that. <laughs> yes. The biggest nope in that scene is... I don't even, if I've got something that's even a day old in my refrigerator, I don't want to open that refrigerator. I didn't even want to walk, I didn't even want to be in the, you know, like, I didn't even want to look at the filth yes. that's in the scene. And yet this fucker is going to go and open up this refrigerator and a squat from a junkie alcoholic. No. Mad priest. Yeah, there's nothing good can be in that refrigerator. Nothing. Or he, And he just walks up and opens it like, la-di-da. No, I would have been like. Cracking it open a quarter of an inch, an eighth of it, just hoping, okay, is there any, yeah. So, and how long the fuck right, was that? Right after that, the cops burst in and they find these two ass hats just hanging out in there. I'm having a problem. Oh, and wait. then they share evidence with them. You know, like you do. Like you do. What the uh, fuck was that cat doing in there? So, uh, she explains that uh, they figured out who Thomas was. And that the Wall Street banker he was shooting at is also gone missing. 
Okay, so we know it's the devil, but realistically, everyone else just thinks this is a Wall Street banker mm. who was recently shot at. Yeah, I could see him leaving town and going and hanging out in his, like, summer home for a week. <laughs> yeah, let's not report this or anything. I, I was almost murdered. I'm not pressing charges or anything. You guys don't have to look into this. Oh, <coughs> let's see. An albino shatters on a subway. Oh, yeah, I thought that was... <laughs> Okay, first of all, I thought that was going to pay off more because you saw saw that uh, albino at the what the theater. You saw it a couple times, and all of a sudden, just shatters on, for no fucking reason. <laughs> yep, no fucking reason whatsoever. Well, it's because Christine sees things, mm-hmm. and apparently, she touched this albino, and it shattered like porcelain. Yeah, it wasn't a bad effect though for ninety nine. No, it, it was, looked fine. No, it was cool as fuck, but there was like absolutely no reason for it. They didn't explain it. It was just we saw it in two scenes. I was hoping for the third scene so we could have some parody. No, nothing. No, instead we cut right to Arnold contemplatively thinking about a thousand years has ended. A thousand years has ended. And then he seems just absolutely mystified by finding a music box. <laughs> it's the greatest. Again, tone shift. Tone shift. And then it cuts to him just fastidiously reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like he, like he had started at the beginning that night and had made it like 300 pages in. Which I... unless It's incredible. Unless that's your thing. I don't think it's possible. Can you imagine sitting through 300 pages of that? Again, this is where I wanted to go back and say that there's no way that an award-winning like screenplay writer... Like, wrote this seriously. This movie has so many just... Yeah, and, and then this happens. Yeah, and then this happens. Why? Because we need it to happen. Ah, uh, yes. Well, at least we didn't get those crap... No, we still got crappy exposition scenes. Uh-huh. God damn it. So, uh... We are introduced to Christine, and she calls her now oh. current doctor and still vampire lord, Udo Kier. Okay, now, this, this is the one thing I did like. They were reading all this stuff in, what, the ancient... Greek Latin on his chest. Oh, that yeah, that's coming out. Okay, I thought I thought we were still in that scene because that was at the end of this scene, or no, that was the next scene when they were going for the autopsy. They were reading it. Yeah, but the thing that I wanted to point out, and again, this is a flaw in the directing, is just when Udo Kier gives his performance on the phone, mm-hmm. he he looks like he's never heard or had a conversation with anyone. His pauses are wrong. His inflection is wrong. It is the funniest goddamn scene. And just rewatching it, sitting there, like my head cocked like a dog that saw something. Just like, what is he doing? And it has to be the directing because I've seen Udo Kier and other things, and he is not that fucking awkward. No, there and there's no way they couldn't have, you know, said like, hey, could we try it this way one more time? <laughs> I want you to pause as long as possible and talking bad spots can you do that for us please thank yeah, you just pause intermittently to where there's either like yeah there's way too long of a pause or not enough for her to have said anything for him to respond to either either that or he cannot improv to it's, save his ass it's magical <laughs> magically bad and it made it into the final cut of this film well it's two hours long i don't think they cut anything i think they cut zero nothing I think if they filmed it, it went up there, goddammit. And we're also introduced to uh, her stepmother, who was the nurse who took her down to see Udo Kier when she was a baby. Now, you saw, you saw the Harry Potters, didn't you? That's, yeah, most of them. Wasn't it Professor Sprout? Oh, I, name's bad. No, okay. It was the one herbology professor. 
Remember when they were pulling the little baby things out of the yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, I Is don't Is that the same actress? No, no. Okay. I think, well, maybe. I think it's the same actress. All right, well, fine. We'll look it up after this. <laughs> Damn it. I, I, I Google on the phone. Solving bar bets since whenever Google. Uh, yeah, since, since, since they invented Google. So uh, Arnold goes and hassles Rod Steiger. Because <laughs> Rod Steiger's in this movie, everyone. His final... F- Don't put it away. We're not looking that up now. God damn it. <laughs> Rod Steiger's final film performance was 1999's End of Days. Well, I will tell you, he didn't phone it in. Rod Steiger's Rod no, Steiger. No, he went for it. He was good. He was amazing, as Rod Steiger should be. <laughs> what he was given was crap, but... Yeah, here's your 12 lines. Make them work. So, uh, he brings up the girl out, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just... <laughs> nothing connecting anything to did he tell you about the girl mm-hmm. so arnold gets interested in the girl and of course since it's this kind of movie rod steiger pretty much says ah never mind and storms away this is beyond your understanding and uh runs down th- or runs through a door arnold follows him into the high-tech church lab oh where the old polish lady is rocking and yes. chanting it's amazing. In a language she doesn't speak. Yes. And Arnold says something about like, I don't need to have faith to solve a crime. Once again, Arnold is not a law enforcement officer of any capacity. Not anymore. No. Oh. Apparently he just works for the faux CIA. Yes. So uh, they give us the line that there are forces at work here that you couldn't possibly comprehend. Mm-hmm. That is a line from this film. <laughs> wow. Why don't we just uh, put a big pin on that one? <laughs> Make sure that we all know this particular obvious point. Thank you. And again, this is like, I just want to hit home that I'm going through this to just exemplify how insane the writing is for this. Because I'm leaving out all the stupid lines, the actual dialogue. This is the core story elements that are just out of control. And even if you listen to every single line of dialogue in this film, it doesn't help. It doesn't help even on rewatching. It doesn't help. Help. No, in fact, it may make things worse. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, oh. Did, did you notice that the devil just follows like old American hobo signs to Udo Kier's house? Yeah, I had a little bit of issue with that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Sitting there going, oh, okay, wait, wait. Crip, blood, blood, crip. That means I go left. Okay. <laughs> and, uh. Folks, that, people, people, folks. Okay, I go right now. Okay. And, uh, the devil meets Udo Kier's wife and daughter and then fucks them both in yeah. Christine's dream. Yeah, and. The, the, they, okay. they amalgamate into one person. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, now, who did the? Do you remember? It's an excuse for tits. Well, we needed more tits in this movie because there weren't enough explosions. Well, yes, oh, there like were. Like hell. But once you up the explosion to that much, you have to add more breasts yeah, to I keep guess. a balance. Yeah. To keep perfect balance. Yeah. Thank, thank you for being the classy one and saying breasts, whereas I just said tits. Well, I would have said titties, but you oh, know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that makes zero sense. Uh, he walks in to go see Thomas mm-hmm. and insinuates that the cop watching the door has been fucking kids. <laughs> yes. He, oh. uh, he goes in and he really fucks Thomas up. Mm-hmm. We don't see it. They nope. don't show it at all. But apparently he, uh, he nails him to the ceiling and cuts a bunch of words into him. 
All kinds Which of Which you would think would kind of defeat the devil's purpose, because, uh, hey, don't give away what you're doing. And he don't, totally gave it away. Don't carve it into the priest. See, and that's where I got confused for a minute, because... But you know what's really lucky? Hmm. Is that the doctor on duty yeah. speaks the Latin that's carved into him. Well, you'd ha- don't you have to know Latin? <laughs> don't you have to know Latin for a medical degree, though? Because everything's in Latin? Maybe in medical terms, but I don't think you need to speak fluent Latin. Probably not. Bro. From biblical times. Well, very convenient. Very, very convenient. Oh, uh, see, here's where I got confused, though, with that scene. Because, you know, obviously watching so many crazy things are happening. I thought he had carved it in before Byrne got there for some reason. But you're saying the devil carved it onto Thomas Aquinas. Yes. Again, that makes using sense. his special devil powers. Yes, and you you think that if he was going to be obvious about it, he would have been absolutely obvious about it instead of saying Christ in New York, Kristen New York. Oh, he would have just hold said, "Hold on, we're getting to that." But I first, I just wanted to talk mention that uh, the way they find Thomas is that Arnold, Kevin Pollock, and the detective who is on the case all run into his fucking hospital room together. Of course. They're know. now a crime-fighting trio oh, where only yeah. one of them has any sort of jurisdiction and should, by all rights, tell these two chuckle fucks to get lost. They, by all rights, should have taken them the fuck to jail. <laughs> yes. Many times over. Many, many times over. Uh, We get the Satan rules. I, I don't know why, but I had to bring it up. A kid in a skateboard runs into Gabriel Byrne, and he's wearing a Satan Rules sweatshirt. Oh, and he's like, nice shirt, kid. Yeah, yeah, I like your shirt. Yeah. And the kid goes, screw you, old man, and takes off on a skateboard. It's 1999 as fuck. Only to get pegged by a bus. Was it a bus or a truck? A bus. Yeah, he got hit by a bus and then flew about 10 feet vertically. Because that's what happens when you get hit by buses. Yeah, you go straight up in the air. You don't get run over. That never happens. So I wrote down very little actual dialogue from this film. But I just wanted to exemplify again that there's no way that this guy won an award and then produced this seriously. Because... Either that or he was so embarrassed for having his name on this... He decided to step up his game so much that he would never write a piece of shit again. Yes. Because, like you said, in Thomas's flesh is carved Christ in New York. Mm-hmm. So, I wrote down verbatim. Maybe it's Chris in New York. Christine in New York. Christine York. Mm-hmm. He leaps directly to the correct answer within three names. Mm-hmm. Out of the blue. This movie's incredible. It hurt. It hurt a lot. <laughs> to which he says, I wish I could use the DMV database to look her up. The It hard cuts to them using the DMV database to look her up. Mm-hmm. The problem is solved immediately. Or maybe there was an issue with the script and they're like, okay, we'll do a DMV scene. I'm hoping because ah, I think they put a little more effort. No, guess not. Now that I watched the film, there was no effort put in whatsoever. No. Oh. So we see Christine uh, working on her Italian while she's exercising. Mm-hmm. And presumably like the housekeeper, I believe his name was Carson, walks mm-hmm. in and says, you know, they would like you downstairs for lunch or to meet with you, something like that. Mm-hmm. She says, thank you, Carson, and goes in to bathe because she's been exercising. Oh, an excuse. The other it, booby shot of the movie. Yes. Thank you. 
I, I wrote down in my notes, oh, tits. And she should have absolutely told them no for mm-hmm. this movie. <laughs> because it was such an unnecessary shot. She's just walking by and pops her shirt off. Mm-hmm. She should when they brought that up, she should have absolutely said, for end of days, no, I'm not taking my shirt off. Or maybe. I hate to I'm not trying to like shame her, but I'm saying if you you should have told them no, not for this. Although maybe in her defense she's like Gabriel Byrne, Rod Steiger, Schwarzenegger. And three other people turned down the part, maybe for the boob scene. Yeah. Mm, maybe I'll just do it. Need to be in a movie. What else? I don't know what else she's done. She was in the craft. I didn't see the craft. Oh, well, you're, you were also not a teenage girl when that came out, so I, I can't hold that against yeah, you. Yeah, I wasn't a teenage I haven't been a teenage girl since about 84. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is where this movie really fucking goes off the rails. Because just prior to oh, this, it's been... Uh, uh, it's No, it's been insane. Okay, I was going to say... That was all just lead up because everything from here on out is just completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's wonderful. She inexplicably finds Carson, the housekeeper, in a full bathtub in her bathroom mm-hmm. with his throat slit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Out of nowhere. Was he going to try and hide in the tub to spy on her naked? I don't know. Did the bad guys draw a bath to slit a man's throat into? Wasn't there a famous philosopher or something that, or a famous Catholic philosopher or something that killed himself in a bathtub? Maybe they're trying to do some iconography. I'm sure there have been many throughout the Catholic Church. Yeah, but I thought there was one like a a famous French saint or something that slit his wrist in a bathtub and maybe they were trying to mirror that. Or there was too much thought for this movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? The same thing I do with every movie, overthink it. But here's the thing, man. This movie is just finger-licking bullshit. So, I mean, well, if, I think if you're thinking about this movie, you're the asshole. Well, I've always been the asshole, however, comma. When I first started watching this movie, I didn't know it was the train wreck that it was until I finished this movie. Then I went, fuck this me was, for thinking about this yeah, movie. This was fuck incredible. Yeah. I don't even know why I even wasted the energy to think for this movie. So a group of men burst in and they are chasing Christine throughout the house. She hits one of them right in the face with a fucking heel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really blasts him good, but it's an action movie, so he's fine. Yeah. just When he would have lost an eye. Shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, right about this time, old Schwarzenegger and Kevin Pollock are just strolling up to the house, furthering their investigation illegally, because they are just vigilantes at this point. And, and conveniently, they know exactly where to go at all times. Yeah, well, they looked her up at the DMV, so they know her address. Right, but the fact that they got the DMV. Yeah. Because he just said, I wish I could get it. <laughs> yeah. Intimating that he couldn't. Yes. And then the next... And then they immediately renege on that. <laughs> That that irritates me to, to it's, that. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah. It's the screenwriter just fighting himself and just going, you know what, fuck it. They just do it. Who cares? Nobody will notice. Just put an explosion in. Nobody will see that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Arnold and Kevin Pollock burst in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. There's a big old gunfight. Arnold rips the necklace off of one of them. And he throws one down the stairs. And the third one, I laughed really hard. Um... Did you watch the was it the second of the prequels, the Star Wars prequels? 
where in the beginning, Obi-Wan Kenobi just flies horizontally out of a window. Yes. A man did that. Yes. <laughs> and I laughed for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so Arnold's looking at it, and he has this man's necklace. It's the heart with a sword through oh, it. Oh, now that, that's, uh, yeah, you know what irritates me about that is that looks like a, a shitty Hot Topics piece. You figure as much money as they put in, they could have made a better looking uh, Sacred Heart. Oh, no, it. it's a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, seriously, it looks like I bought it in the goth section at Walmart. It was really, really, really bad. It, it wasn't even painted well. I'm like, it's supposed to be a relic. Yeah. It looks shiny brand new, and it looks like they just bought it. Just bought it. Hey, can you guys give me a Sacred Heart real quick? I don't know. Go, go to Walgreens. Here's 50 bucks. Give me something. So uh, the detectives show up again, and CCH Pounder, who is the detective. I don't know if we ever mentioned her name, but yeah, it's CCH Pounder. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, she's in a lot of shit. She is a well-known actress mm-hmm. they... in End of Days. <laughs> oh, I wonder if they read the same script that got filmed. How, how that, did they get all these that names? That was one of my other questions about this movie, but... So she explains to us just real sweatily why the nurse is supposedly, quote, Christine's legal guardian. Mm-hmm. Christine is 20. Right. She but, is 20 years old. But she's been having visions and nightmares and hallucinations her whole life. So maybe it's a nurse caretaker. I mean, maybe. like, you know, a Britney Spears situation. I mean, maybe. But I didn't think that 20 year olds had like legal Guardians. They do if they're not completely stable mentally. Oh, and right. they have access to money. Uh, Arnold gets mystified by a second music box. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I still don't understand what those music boxes signified because they came up three times in a movie, and again at the end. The, the memory of his kid. Okay, I thought it meant something more than that. <laughs> There's no possible way that it meant something more than that. I wanted it to mean more than that. <laughs> I wanted to have some substance to this movie. So just a little bit. Here was one of my other favorite moments of dialogue. The stepmother walks in after, you know, all the kerfuffles died down, looks at Arnold and says, I'm just so glad you came along with you di- when you did. Arnold replies, thanks. And then the scene ends. Yeah. <laughs> His reply to, thank you for saving my daughter is, oh, thanks. Yeah, right back at you, kid. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. So... Arnold and Kevin Pollock are parked right outside after Arnold has stolen a book from their home. Mm-hmm. Just one random book. Oh, I see you've been to the library. Oh, good one, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, the stepmother is on the phone with Udo Kier telling him that I can't bring the girl right now mm-hmm. because they're parked outside. They will see at me. Uh, Udo Kier relays this message to the devil who punches his head off. Clean the fuck off. Out of nowhere. My theory is that Udo Kier didn't want to be in this movie anymore. Mm-hmm. Because he was clearly the leader of the Satanists who should have been there at the at final. The end of, yeah, yeah. At the denouement. I believe that he just went, you know what, I've had enough of this. Yeah, fuck a bunch of all this. I'm out. <laughs> Let's do our last scene today. Bye. It's incredible. So, Arnold happens to find the symbol for the... The, uh, the necklace mm-hmm. in the book that he stole and runs in to tell Christine like he's five years old. Now, now let's rewind this because there was obviously more than one book in that shelf. Yes. There were, a hun- there were a bunch of books in that shelf. He manages quickly without going through all of them to grab the one with the information that he needed. Of course. Because, you know. Because that's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I maybe if I got to a point in my head where I could appreciate 
that, but I, I was starting to get pissed at this movie for insulting my intelligence. Oh, and the best part, though, is that not, it's not like he went home or anything. He was just reading it in the car outside yeah. her house. Well, you know, I saw his apartment, and quite frankly... <laughs> yeah, him and Kevin Pollack were just flipping through this book outside their house. Yeah, because, you know, parking's real easy in New York. You ever notice they never had one problem parking? They parked right in front of the fucking house. So, I, I'm I'm not from New York, but try to do that in Chicago once. I want to park right in front of my house. It's never fucking happening. So the devil pisses kerosene. <laughs> I loved it because you just started. I don't know why. Why is he pissing? Why is he black p- kerosene? Mm-hmm. Why is he piss? That's not. Oh, then he lights it. Whoosh. Flames up old Johnny Chicago. Yep. <laughs> Blows up the van. That's that is the end of Kevin Pollock. Or, or is, is it? it? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Arnold is trying to explain to Christine the Jesuit Knights that he just found out about. It's like watching two five-year-olds invent a mystery in front of your eyes. There was the apple full of souls that actually didn't look bad. Again, for 1999, the effects, not bad. No, I, that freaked me the fuck out. Um, Let's see. <laughs> There's an old woman who apparently has super strength. Mm-hmm. Because the devil's powers in this film are just confusing as all shit. Either he can get shot or he can't get shot. Either his body fixes itself or it doesn't. But we get to watch a scene where an old woman just beats the living Christ out of Arnold. I enjoyed that. She picks him up and throws him several times. Mm -hmm. That face rake. This movie's the best. That face rake. that, That looked real as hell. Do you know who did the practical effects for this movie? It had to be some name. Oh, I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the same guy did the thing or, you know, something like this, like a Winston, Stan Winston or something. <laughs> I would be shocked if Stan Winston worked on this movie. No, but I, I guarantee you there's a name because the practical effects were amazing in this movie. It's like anytime they went to CGI, it was okay for the era. Yeah, sometimes it was shaky. Sometimes it was really good, though. Mm-hmm. But, but I would uh, say that all the practical effects were spot the fuck on. And then we find out that CCH Pounder, the detective, is also a devil worshiper. Which explains why he got away with all the shit. Oh, man. And they never And then they him. rip off Die Hard. Because oh, Arnold has his uh, hands behind his back and pulls out the two guns. What movie didn't they rip off? <laughs> man, they ripped off a lot of shit. They stole everything. straight up diehards them, though. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then the devil practices necromancy. And bring CCH Pounder back to life. Yes. Okay. Uh. Uh. So Arnold and Christine retreat to just like a small wooded area. Yeah, I didn't get that. In, in New York City, mind you. Yeah. Because it, 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 known for its secluded wooded areas yes. outside of Central Park. After you just murdered two police officers. Like, mm-hmm. Right in, I guess it was dark, but otherwise broad daylight. Yeah, you know, like you do, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Uh, Taco Tuesday, shoot a cop Tuesday, it's all the same. And we learn that uh, apparently Christine has just been uh, fucking Gabriel Byrne in her dreams for her, her entire, entire life. life. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My God. And the way that came about is this like, I'm afraid I might, you know, he's like, well, just say no. He's like, she's like, well, no, I've been, I've been doing this since I, you know, 
since I could think it was, it was, it, that was disturbing in and of itself. Yeah. Just the whole idea. Of it, it was I'm real like, gross. I'm like, you know, I know you're the devil, but come the fuck on. <laughs> yeah. No, draw a line. But I just loved Arnold's acting. Tell me who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you ever notice his face the first time Arnold's, Dude, I, he does so much smirking in this movie. Arnold looks like it's he's incredible. been constipated for a month and is trying to shit. And I think his acting style I would call constipation because like Shaq acts with his eyebrows when he talks. Every time he talks, like, but he always sounds like he's going to shit and his face <laughs> looks like he's trying to take a shit. So, so everything, he just this, the grimace he does the first time you see something horrible, just, just <laughs> looks like he's trying to bust a, a real grumpy man. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> but, but we get more Rod Steiger. Ah, uh, yes. I thought he was done after those scenes, but he does come back. Yeah, and uh, they have a translation machine hooked up to what they call a Polish peasant. A peasant in New it York. It is 1999. I don't think they've had peasants, I don't know, <laughs> since 1920? Yeah, something like that. And uh, Rod Steiger's explaining faith to him, and Arnold, while in a church, screams at him, Stop all this church talk! <laughs> To a priest. In his church. To a priest. After he's witnessed, after Arnold's actually witnessed (laughs) Satan walking amongst us. Yes. He's actually witnessed Satan doing Satan-y shit. He watched a man walk through fire and try Mm. and lure a woman in. But enough of this church shit. So, uh, Mm -mm -mm. let's see. Rod Steiger explains that the Holy Church... I I wrote down the quote. Please. The Holy Church has been looking for you since the day you were born. Well, Thomas seemed to have found her. Yeah, really. He didn't tell any... And he worked with Rod Steiger. And he found real pretty fucking quick once the prophecy was told. And he knew who the devil was. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I wrote down an underline, recap Thomas, because, yeah, apparently he's known, and for a while... Mm-hmm. Well, this whole, and again, the whole thing with the calendars irritates the <coughs> fuck out of me because the whole, remember, well, you, how old were you? You were like two? What? In 99? In 99? Yeah. I was 15? 15. Okay. I thought you 14? were. 14? I thought you were like younger than that. No. I'm, I'm almost 40. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm still ancient, but I remember I, I thought it was an entire bunch of hokum and bullshit for the Y2K, but everybody bought into that. So that probably helped this movie out a tiny bit. Oh, probably. yeah, because there's a lot of the radio DJ talking about Y2K shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, we're shown just a quick shot of somebody telling the Pope that the girl's been found in New York. Yeah, and who the fuck told the Pope? <laughs> <laughs> Snitches get stitches, man. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody contacted the Pope at all. Up until then. Well, yeah, until the guy came from off screen and said they found her in New York. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. So Arnold and the devil have a, just a conversation in his apartment. Just a you know regular every day. Yeah. The devil actually, and this 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 speaks to Gabriel Byrne's acting. Gabriel Byrne is actually really good in this oh, movie. Fucking <laughs> by far better than he even has a right to need to be because yes. he doesn't need to elevate this movie. In fact, he makes the rest Th- of the movie suck around this him. This movie does not deserve Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> no, but when he was sitting there telling telling Arnold. Hey, you know, this this God shit, he set all this up, you know, he makes the bad shit happen. I just reap the benefits. He's just, 
you know, hey, if it's good, it's God will. If it's bad, it's me. Mm-hmm. No, he sets everything. So in his head, he's already got Arnold halfway doubting, and then... And then he starts showing, showing him visions of his family. Right after gut-punching him with, like, well, you probably would have... This could all be real. Yeah, but, y'all, but he's, like, guilt-fucking him, too, because he's like, oh, quality time is important. It's not... It does You know, it makes up for the time you don't spend at home. Yeah. And this whole time... Arnold is sitting there, and a decent bit of acting on Arnold's part because you could see him descend into pissed. Yes, you could see him just like going back into himself and just raging up, which I'm sure steroids helped that particular acting style. But right, I mean that was the most believable I'd seen Arnold acting the entire movie. But we also learn that apparently Arnold has never moved out of the apartment where his family was slaughtered. It didn't. <laughs> It didn't occur to me till then. Yeah, it's a giant apartment for for a guy that just sits in his living room, awkwardly holds guns and drinks. I mean, yeah, that's way too much apartment for that. And he's also firing a gun wildly in his apartment because oh. presumably he's still in the real world. He grabbed a real gun and was just firing wildly. I know, and I'm sitting there the entire the entire time going, he didn't check for backstops. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Oh my god, is that a clock? How come he's <laughs> How did I hear it ratchet? It's a Glock. Glocks aren't supposed to ratchet. What the fuck? So this is all going through my head while I'm watching this film. And I have to assume that this was an ad lib from Gabriel Byrne because there is a point in this where I think he realizes that Arnold's an idiot. So he says, come on and join me. And to quote the devil in this film, it'll be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) The devil said that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, if... uh, the devil was actually Gabriel Byrne, and I wasn't already going to hell. I'd be fine with Gabriel Byrne really being the devil. I'd be like, dude, come on, hang out. Let's, you know. So uh, Arnold, like a good hang. Arnold rejects all of his propositions and shoots him several times. And Gabriel Byrne, as the devil, gets pissed and says, don't fuck up the coat. Mm-hmm. After he's walked through fire several times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, <laughs> I don't understand it. When he assumes a mortal body, is there like a half-life on it? Does he have powers up to a certain way and then he's got to get rid of the body? I don't... Yep. Okay. Whatever that scene needs, buddy. Okay. (laughs) The devil can do that shit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The devil uses hand wavium as magic. I got it. So he picks up Arnold and basically tosses him out of a window. Arnold grabs onto shards of broken glass, which, you know, would have just cut his fingers off and he'd have fallen to his death. Mm -hmm. And you could tell right then it was safety glass by the way it pebbled. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Arnold pulls the devil out of a window. Uh, Yeah, because, you know... Because apparently he can't fly. (laughs) And and apparently the devil's fucking stupid. (laughs) He can sit there and engage to within a... A millisecond on a calendar that hadn't been invented yet by people that hadn't had that concept of time. But he knew that, but couldn't... Oh, the, the, the plot inconsistencies. And again, that whole calendar thing irritates the shit out of me. They tried to explain it away a couple times, and it was specious. So, there's a knock on the door, mm-hmm. and who is it? It's Kevin Pollock! He's back! <laughs> but I will say this for that scene... Arnold was didn't know the did Arnold know that his van had blown up or not? Well, yeah, but, but uh, Kevin Pollock says, "Well, first uh, I I saw a fire and then I woke up in the fucking gutter," meaning that like the explosion had just knocked him backwards. And Arnold's going nuts, saying, "Are you real?" 
and once again discharges a firearm inside of his New York City apartment. Mm-hmm. Caps, what was he hits him in the leg or the arm? He shoots him right in the arm. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you are real. Fuck. You're bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if we want to look at that a little harder, that means that Arnold is consistently just discharging firearms in his apartment in Manhattan. His neighbors are just fine with it? Come on, I've had neighbors get annoyed if you walk a little loud. Yeah. A couple gunshots, you'd at least in New York heard, keep it the fuck down up there. Yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so... The Jesuit Knights, they show up at the church with Rod Steiger. Mm-hmm. And Christine is still there. Why? <laughs> However, the Jesuit Knights just send the same henchmen and she recognizes them immediately. <laughs> well, you know, because there's millions of Jesuit Knights in New York at that moment. So, uh, they, uh, they very, very gently handle Rod Steiger. <laughs> because he's very old. <laughs> Yeah. And when they grab him, it's the funniest goddamn thing because they show it very quickly because mm. it's not dramatic because they're being very careful with him. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Ah, so yes. the Jesuit priest is about to stab Christine, but no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. From the wings comes a bullet. Pink hits that knife because he's just that good. He doesn't shake because, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's not a lifelong alcoholic. Yeah, he doesn't have booze shakes or nothing. No, just, since he's been sober for 12 hours now. And he just pinged that knife just perfect. And it was sideways, too. So he had, what, like an eighth of an inch? Not mm. even an eighth of an inch to hit. Mm. And then he fucking... He Annie Oakley's that motherfucker. And then just to, just to drive that point home, as he's coming down with the whatever's left of the knife, he pings that fucker again. Tank! Right in the hand. Boom, just hits that fucker. And I believe the quote is, I could do this all day. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do that at all. You shouldn't be able to hold the gun and hit anything, you shaky fucker, you. So I wrote this down because Christine says, Jericho, we are an hour and 21 minutes into this movie and we just find out that Arnold's name is Jericho. That is the first mention of his name. I thought it was Kane for some reason. No. Jericho, because they call him Jer, so we assume that his name is Jerry, but this is where we find out that his name is fucking Jericho. Where did I get Kane from then? I don't know, from not paying attention. Well, that's my life, yeah, but I could have sworn it was like Jericho Kane or Kane something. No, he doesn't have a last name credited, it's just Jericho. Oh, wow. But this victory is very short-lived because in strolls the devil. (laughs) Oh, Strolls. This scene actually does. fucking rules. It did. Because he says the line, uh, uh, Rod Steiger tells him, you're not welcome in this church. He says, I can stand a little bit of pain from being in a church. How much can you stand? Mm-hmm. The dude walks out. Uh, the other priest like puts a crucifix in front of him and he grabs it and fucking stabs him in the head with it. Right in the fucking forehead. Just boom to the dome. Oh my Man, God. This scene actually crazy. fucking rules. And it ends with a really good neck snap too. Yes. The I effect on that was fucking fantastic. That's what I'm saying. The practical effects in this movie were amazing. You notice right after this, they did another lethal weapon. The fight in the rain. Yes. <laughs> and I forgot to talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Right. We had a couple movies that were dark, but they were supposed to be. And I'm not talking in tone. I'm just talking... Lighting. Lighting. 
I could fucking barely see this film. Yeah, I had to watch it in the dark. They spent $200 million on a film that I couldn't fucking see. Yes. And uh, I would, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tag this on in the end because I got questions about the directors and what happened and shit because uh, just the directions just went and did they film a bunch of it and then what's his best took over or... Did they can all that shit and start from scratch? Because I know the movie had started, hadn't it? When um, they not a clue. Uh, it's just fucked up. This is where we learn that Kevin Pollock, previously named Chicago, is now just called Bobby. Yeah, and he's referred to as Bobby for the rest of the film. Well, it's because three quarters of the people in Hollywood are from Chicago, and they say this fucker's not from Chicago. But I just love that right in the middle of the movie, all of a sudden we get Schwarzenegger and Kevin Pollock's names an hour and 21 minutes into the film. Well, maybe they filmed that scene early and forgot about it. Perfect writing. Yes. <laughs> so he drives off with Christine, and uh, a bloody Arnold is very funny in this movie. <laughs> Because Gabriel Byrne confronts him again after this group of Satanists have beaten the living Christ out of him. There is absolutely no way. Okay, I've got to... First of all, it's a circle beat down, okay? They're going one at a time. Again. One at a time. Lethal weapon. A one-on-one circle fight in the rain. A real beat down involves you not moving on the ground and everybody just curb stomping the fuck out of you. They don't wait turns. They did that eventually. I know, but that's how you... That's not... Never but mind. they beat the shit out of him for like a good solid three minutes. There's His head would have been jelly. Abs- especially after the first couple kicks They're to like his midsection. They're like two by fours and shit. They busted his spleen the first kick. There's no way he's getting out. So, <laughs> I just wrote down just a big Austrian on a crucifix. <laughs> well, they they just wanted to make sure they nailed that point home. Yes. Oh, I, I'm that joke was... I shouldn't have... No, no I'm sorry. All right. Oh, so we get the flash that it's now Friday, December 31st, 1999. We don't know how much time has passed. Well, it's the next day because okay. this is, they, they did say that it was Thursday the 30th. Oh, that's right, right because that. they preface this by saying you've been out almost 24 hours. Okay. here this I had to pause this movie because I was laughing so goddamn hard. After they have all literally met the devil and he has crucified Arnold Schwarzenegger outside, Rod Steiger finds him, like, just up, dressed up like he's just out for a morning walk. Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> I had to pause it because I was laughing so goddamn hard. And he I was, looked like he was going to the store for a pack of smokes. And I was perplexed as to how the fuck he knew where he was. He's just like wandering around. Oh, shit, there's a dude up on the cross. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. He just finds him. And how is Rod Steiger's old ass going to get 250 pounds of Arnold Schwarzenegger off a 10-foot cross? Oh, hung. more than that. He was like 30 feet in the yeah. air. Was old Rod going to climb up the framework and just let him down? Poop. This is the best movie of all his time. ass down on his old ass back. I don't think so. But I yeah. don't think so. So, uh, yeah, it, we explain away the entire day by Arnold just being passed out from his injuries. Because, you know, we need it to be that night. We don't have time. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's only two hours that we had for this movie, so we couldn't actually show that part. But, man, he looks great. After being beaten mostly to death, your spleen crushed and your head crushed and hung on a cross, but he, boy, that he shook that fucker right off. Yeah, he's, he's got a couple stitches in his head to look badass. Man, he looks great. And then, he, one of my favorite scenes, he goes and gears up to fight the literal devil. 
He mm-hmm. runs into Striker Securities, the company that he works for, mm-hmm. and grabs automatic weapons, flak jackets, grenades, everything he is going to need. He pulled out anti-tank shells for <laughs> to, his shotgun. To fight the devil that he knows is the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, his boss seems really unconcerned with all of this. I didn't, okay. Haven't been in the service. There's no way he's walking the fuck out of anywhere without signing about 15 pieces of paperwork or have six guns stuck in his face saying, what the fuck are you doing with my ordinance? His boss walks up to him and says, hey, you know, the cops are after you. Unconcerned that he just grabbed so many weapons. All of the weapons. I was waiting for Arnold to turn around. Not for long. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Uh, man. That actually would have been a decent line. So... He is walking through that big long hallway to get to the 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 chanty room. Yeah, he runs into the blind man with his eyes sewn shut. Yes, and uh, he pretty much is just like a cancer dog. Mm-hmm. Like he can smell the vengeance in Arnold's heart. Wasn't well, the guy who brings you across the river into stakes? Isn't he a blind boatman or something? Well, it's, but still. This man says, I can smell the hatred and vengeance in your heart. Yeah, go on through. Yeah, come on. (laughs) You want to fix shit up? Eh, I can can smell it. Come on in. It's all good. It's fantastic. (laughs) It hurts. So they get to the... uh, the boiler room, and it looks exactly like the ending of Cobra. Had they been, had they had their arms above their heads clanking axes together, it would have been the end of Cobra. Fuck me running. <laughs> it is the end of Cobra. Holy shit. Holy shit. They are in a boiler room. All they need is a real fucked up knife, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Stephen Thompson, I believe is his name. Every movie would be better with Stephen Thompson as a bad so, guy. So this movie does one thing, and I know I, I've said, man, you got to let whatever go. But here's what they do one thing that in every single time it happens, it irritates me in a movie. CCH, because it's like a big ceremony, everybody's standing, chanting hymns, whatever. Mm-hmm. CCH Pounder sees him out of the corner of her eye. And goes to investigate and like breaks the ranks because they're all in rank and file. Right. And she just happens to wander away to go investigate the thing that she just saw moving. And it bugs me in every single movie because they've done it in movies where, like, they're at a clan meeting. I think they do it in Bad Boys. Or is it Bad Boys 2? Where they see something moving, so the clan member stops in the middle of the what have you to go investigate. I don't know why, but it's a thing that happens in movies that irritates me every single time. And Mm. I got really mad that they did it. But either way, CCH Pounder finds him. Just standing amongst the ranks because he dramatically lifts his head to reveal that he is amongst the Satanists. Mm-hmm. We hear a gunshot and we see CCH Pounder hit the deck. Mm-hmm. Now, this is when he blows the devil away. <laughs> he machine guns the devil. Mm-hmm. While Christine is laying at an altar, mm-hmm. he then machine guns two people holding Christine. Mm-hmm. He is spraying wildly toward the woman he's trying to save, and and fuck everyone else because not every this, priest there is a bad guy. So you know, just a random random this priest. Movies great, James. This is my favorite movie now until the next one. Yes. So yeah, he's just shooting the devils and other satanic parishioners. 
and non-satanic parishioners and standers by, and he has anti-tank, he's got anti-tank weapons, so obviously he's shooting people across the street through three houses and two cars, like you do. And then out of the shadows steps Kevin Pollack. Dun, dun, dun. The betrayal, the Shakespeare moment of this film, <laughs> where they face off. We're in a movie redolent with Shakespeare moments. Now, this is again where... Uh, the devil's abilities are inconsistent because Bobby, who was formerly Chicago, decides not to shoot Arnold. So the devil sets him on fire. Right. However, before that, the policeman that shot Thomas Aquinas was possessed by the devil and had to shoot him. Uh-huh. So the devil's abilities are still wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Well, or you can sit there and go, well, it depends on how bad you fight it because that comes back up. Mm-hmm. So maybe. But you know what? Maybe Johnny Chicago finally said. Fuck you, Dublin got lit on fire for it. Yeah. And Arnold doesn't take it too well because he shoots him with a grenade. Yes. <laughs> he shoots the devil with a fucking grenade. And, and luckily that one. Fucks him up good, too. Oh, real good. All right. So then they are chased through the hallways by the giant ball of flame mm-hmm. in an amazing sequence. Yeah, this entire sequence of this film is fucking incredible. Again, he shoots the devil. They run from a fireball. Let's see, they're more satanists, so he blows a hole in the wall with a grenade, and they jump through it to safety. But wouldn't you know a train's coming? Well, but before that, remember, shrapnel doesn't exist. I mean, no, no, not at all. Not in this universe. None whatsoever. He just hopped right through that fucker. They duck under a train. Because, yeah, that's easy to do when the train's going 60 miles an hour. So then this turns into just a runaway train movie. Mm -hmm. James. James. Mm. Look at me in the eyes. No. No. They hit the devil with a train. (laughs) No. Again, I had to pause this movie. That scene has had a smile on my face all day. That that just made me hurt. It was just like the, the director and writer saying, James, guess what? What? You're stupid, and you watch this. Yeah, fuck you. We're just going to put the devil right on the tracks. Yep, just... Mm, 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 and then, uh, if, if you're following along, you might have guessed, the devil's not dead. He rips the conductor out of the... Say, what now? Are you suggesting that the devil can't die in his movie? So he rips the conductor out, and it literally becomes a runaway train movie. Where Arnold has to disconnect the cars because the devil's on the one side. That's note for note. A movie called... Runaway Train. Uh-huh. Never going back. Mm, oh, shut up. <laughs> you didn't have that enter your head at all? No, because I fucking don't like Tom Petty. It's not Tom Petty. It's Was it Soul Asylum? Same thing. Sure. <laughs> Do you notice when Arnold had to jump between those cars, how hard his face bounced off of that platform? I loved it. It looked like he really fucking biffed his face. I cackled with laughter. It looked like he really biffed his face hard. It was good. It was really good. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yep. Then the devil attempts to jump from one train to another, but Arnold shoots him with a rocket in midair. In an enclosed environment. Yes. Which blows the devil back into his own train car. The train car crashes. And I swear to God, if you watch the small cutscenes, 
there is a scene where Arnold looks over at Christine and starts bobbing his head. And I swear to God, they must have cut him saying, like, out loud, just saying, like, pretty cool, huh? I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Which would make the Gabriel Byrne line even better. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. So the devil's all fucked up, and it decides that Gabriel Byrne is no longer an acceptable vessel. Mm-hmm. Which is sad, because Gabriel Byrne was this movie. Yes. So, uh... Jericho and Christine burst into another church. Did you notice that they immediately blocked all of the exits, then ran into the church, said, get everybody out of here. Okay. You know what movie they were ripping off? <laughs> Blues Brothers. Remember when they ran into the assessor's office? I was waiting for them to start pulling pews in front of the thing because they're running out of time and they're checking and they're closing doors. So the, he's got Satan and his minions following. So he thinks a candelabra stuck in the doorframe is going to fucking work. But my point is, the, to everybody watching this, they ran in, blocked every single exit, then yelled, get out of here, and wildly fired a gun. That was these people's evening. <laughs> and somehow they just disappear. Right. We are never seeing any of these people ever again. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Mm. So. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Arnold finally tells Christine that she needs to go run and hide. So we get Arnold alone for the climax of this film mm -hmm. because of fucking course we do well, he's got to be the one and only savior with the guns this is probably one of the most incredible sequences in the history of cinema because arnold finds god while loading a grenade launcher <laughs> decides he doesn't need it anymore and we get a sweeping, <coughs> low-angle shot of Arnold in this church, and then a close-up <coughs> of a crucifix with Jesus <coughs> on it. Yeah, because they, they want to make a very, very subtle point. It's incredible, James. <laughs> I will have to say that they swung for the fences on My that one. My God. <laughs> so... This is what I'm saying about this movie, is that in 1999, they had the foresight to realize that we needed a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil. And then they did it. They fucking made this movie. And again, for the Republican wet dream, he fights the devil with firearms in a church. Yes. After reaffirming his faith in God. He realizes that he doesn't need the firearms anymore because his reaffirmed faith in God is stronger than the weapons. Mm, and the could... devil himself. Yes. So, the effects for the, like, the actual monster, the devil itself, are fucking rad. Oh, they were cool as fuck. Dude, they looked really good. In any scene that Arnold wasn't also in, when they didn't have to, like, superimpose it, mm -hmm. the, the effects for the devil looked great. That, that, that should be on every, like, obituary video right there, that devil right there, because it was amazing. However... His faith couldn't have been too strong because the devil inhabits Arnold. Yes, he does. They do an exorcist. Yeah. And then, then creepy, creepy, creepy. So the devil apparently just throws him around the room, which mm. again, he has multiple broken bones. But why the devil inhabits Arnold then hurts Arnold while he's inhabiting Arnold. Yes. You know, because... It is the why? funniest goddamn thing to watch Arnold's wire work just being thrown into fake walls. Mm -hmm. That's how, that is the climax of this film. Mm -hmm. So, he's laying by a column. Christine runs over and he says to Christine, It's over. We won. But then we get evil Arnold. It was the devil saying it. Yep. 
Oh, so Arnold drags... Didn't see that one coming. Arnold drags her to the altar, and we're shown that it's 1157. I want to make that very clear that it is 1157. The devil has three minutes to inseminate this woman with his seed. And the problem... He, is, he has taken over, a, a, conservatively, a 50-year-old man's body. Oh. This 50-year-old man has three minutes to disrobe... <laughs> procure an erection and then fuck this woman no 50 year old man I don't care how much devil power you've got in you is getting that job done not three minutes and he's apparently just like ripping at her clothes Mm -hmm. but he's not ripping them off he's just like tearing her shirt and stuff don't like this button rip that button sucks too rip Yeah. (laughs) how about the hem of your pants rip so Arnold fights off the devil mm-hmm. and throws himself heroically onto that shitty ass <laughs> statue. It's filmed in a real fucking church. Okay, and we take a look at period pieces. Now, this is from 1930. This is 1950. I'll look a certain way. But the fucking Archangel Michael, shiny, modern, brand new fucking gleaming sword. It looks like. It looks like a, a set decoration at Marshall Fields for Christmas. It's like the avenging angel leading Santa. is happens to be in this church. Looks like nothing the fuck else in this church. Nope. And Arnold, like Naruto, runs into it with his arms backwards like fucking anime and just runs right into the sword. Shh! <gasps> and then the devil shoots out of his chest. This movie ends with a fire devil. <laughs> Dude, this is the best movie ever. Metal! Yes. Metal as fuck. So, uh, before he dies, he gets to see his wife and kid. And apparently Christine sees him too? In the exact same clothes they were wearing in the scene where Gabriel Byrne was fucking with him. Yeah. But, okay, so then Arnold dies. Did you notice at all the way that this was shot that... Like, it did not look convincing whatsoever that he was clearly just like... It looked like he had slung his arm over a rail. Yeah, both. it looks like he was puking over the side of something. Yeah. Yeah. And the sword was, like, at the wrong angle. Like, it was very clearly too far away. Like, he just mm. clearly kneeled by it. They made no attempt to make it look good whatsoever. And you figure, where are you going to find a place to kneel in church? So... Every fucking pew. Thank you. So this church is absolutely just destroyed. Mm-hmm. And one of the closing shots is just the police showing up. Finally, for the first time in this movie where it wasn't Satan police. (laughs) To this just pile of rubble that used to be a church. Mm. What the fuck are those guys going to tell their wives when they get home? (laughs) And then after, but but after they investigate that, all the shit that uh, the Satan cops were covering up. Yeah. You know, the the random deaths, the weird satanic shit all over the town. People have been nailed to fucking buildings, you know. Yeah. The, the, how do they explain the guy nailed to the roof of the fucking hospital? There's got to be at least one dude that nudged the other man like, Hey, hey man, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I think it might have been the devil. <laughs> I think we're clocking overtime this week, fellas. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarge. I don't get paid enough to investigate the fucking devil. <laughs> I gotta put up with my mother-in-law. Oh Jesus! Oh. And then we uh, we just get a pull-out, several just aerial shots of New York City. Mm-hmm. Roll credits. Oh, nothing that, resolved. No, 
But that, that was, I guess, one of two endings. I guess they filmed an ending where he just walks off that sword and shakes it off. Oh, they should have done that. Yeah. And his wife and kids been, like, reborn. Reborn, oh, yeah. Man. That would have been, oh, that would have fit with the theme of the movie. Exactly. I think they passed up a golden opportunity right there. Yeah, but the tone shifts in this movie, I didn't even know what the fuck kind of movie we're, we're supposed to be reviewing a horror movie, but then we've got an action movie. We've got a, no, we never had a detective movie because there wasn't any clues that we couldn't figure out by looking at them. <laughs> no, or but, that they didn't just explicitly tell us. Yeah. I think the only thing they they could have done more to tell us what was happening is by putting <laughs> by putting <laughs> shitty graphic novels up showing what we're doing, then singing about I, it. I would have it. turned this off. I would have laughed my ass off. I would have called you immediately, Chris. <laughs> fuck you. Watch it again, man. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I loved this movie. There was not. There was never a point in this movie where I was bored. This is where the debate on what is a good movie. I would say that this is a perfect party movie in that you got a bunch of stuff on, you got the TV on. This movie would be a perfect party movie because you don't really have to pay attention. Oh, shh, tits. Oh, wait, yeah. shit blowed up. Oh, wait, is that the fucking devil? Whoa. <laughs> you know, it's a perfect party movie because if you pay attention, you can get the entire plot with any two minutes of the movie because they constantly retell you. Uh-huh. So it's the perfect party movie. You can put it on, forget about it, watch it, go and vibe in something, come and watch it some more, enjoy it. Yeah, it's a great party movie. And it's not like because we watch a lot of movies too. That by the end of it, I just go fuck. Mm -hmm. Like it just destroyed my brain. I felt great <laughs> after watching this movie. I felt, I felt. Uh, like brilliant because I figured out everything in the movie real quick and then I felt stupid because I'm like how the fuck are you throwing this dreck at me and expecting me to watch it yet my dumb ass is gonna sit down and watch this whole thing yeah god damn you yeah it's so good like I said man uh, uh, my but, friend Sarah that did our t-shirts she just out of the blue sent me a message today it was like hey uh, I hope you're doing well I was like I just watched the end of days I'm doing great <laughs> <laughs> today's coming up Chris man this movie's fucking rules. I will tell you, if I was in a shitty mood, I'd put in this movie, and it would probably cheer me the fuck up. Oh, man, it's so good. So, <laughs> And it's not even campy. It's not, like, so bad it's good. Good. It, it, no, because, like, Gabriel a, Burns really going. He's doing a great job. Rod Steiger's doing a great job. Hell, yeah. But then you got Arnold smirking at the camera trying to deliver, like, serious lines. And you got Pollock barely existing and, and fucking up the name of Chicago. Yeah. It's, man... <laughs> It's never explained. Again. It's just randomly he's Chicago Johnny, and then he's just Johnny at the end. They forget. Well, maybe, again, like I said, maybe three people said, call him Chicago one more time. We're fucking walking. <laughs> it's just, I don't think he's been to Chicago except uh, the Four Seasons Hotel. I love this movie so much. Would, would you recommend? I think, we, yeah, we don't even need to go into the would you recommends. <laughs> Absolutely. I would recommend this to a certain type of my friend. But this is what I'm saying. A though. blanket, like, a blanket. Hey, everybody, see this movie? No, but I know about ten people. I'm gonna tell them to watch this, and they're gonna fucking love it. But this is that kind of movie that could only be made like in that period of Arnold Schwarzenegger's decline in 1999, when we were like, "Fuck it, have him fight the devil." 
But who well, gives a shit? And he was coming You're off. Never, you are not going to see a horror action weirdo fucking movie like this that's high budget but looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And they just go, fuck it, put it out. <laughs> now, this was supposed to be a comeback vehicle for Schwarzenegger because he had just come off of Batman and Robin as Mr. Freeze. Yes. Had the heart attack. They were, nobody would insure him. Right. So they were worried as fuck if he was even going to get through the filming of this. So this was a gamble on everybody's part. Now, the guy who directed this, I think, was a third choice. Third choice to direct this movie. You, you mean the director of Time Cop wasn't first? It was not the Shame first. Shame on them. Anybody who can direct JCVD has got to be a good director. Sure. Well, no, because that guy doesn't listen to shit I've been oh, yeah. told. So, I, I actually was watching Time Cop last night and noticed that it was a JCVD or whatever productions. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's why he got away with this, because he was a producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the point. He's like the th- third director, I guess. We should do Time Cop. We should find invent a reason to do Time Oh, I can, I've seen Time Cop over at the used DVD store. I can go pick it up tomorrow. Anyway, back but, to back to this lump but, of shit well, that I love with all of my heart. I think some of the reasons we're seeing a lot of these tone shifts is because third director. They had to change a bunch of shit. I don't know if shit was already filmed or not, and he had to string all what he had together. And I believe I read that there was also some complaints about the darkness of the stuff that was already filmed. Yeah. And I think that would explain a lot of the tonal shifts because maybe it was originally written to be more action-y. Or it was originally written to be more um, Satan-y. Right. But after the third director, he's like, dude, we got 28 more days to get this fucker in the can. Um, figure it out. We got to get it in. Because that's the only reason we I can see for having fucking if, helicopter if, if chases we, instead we, of elevator rides. If and, we try to get Arnold to do more than one take, we're going to be here all fucking day. Just do it once and let's get out of here. <laughs> absolutely. We'll, we'll write something else in. They'll figure it out. Don't worry. All right. uh, I, I think we've talked about end of days for, for enough time. Oh, dude. Seriously, go watch we, this movie. This could, movie's a goddamn delight. And we're actually cutting this off because I think we could talk about end of days till the end of days. Yeah, I... We haven't even touched on half the shit. No, I do not have the time to edit all of it. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> but, uh, all right, James, anything to plug? Nope. Not uh, this week. Uh, you can find us wherever we're around. Uh, we're going to have a calendar out soon. I got to figure out where we're going to print it. But after that, we're going to be printing those. Uh, we got our fundraiser holiday drive thing to buy kids presents. Who gives a shit about all this? Just go watch end of days immediately. (laughs) And, uh, for anybody else that's listening, if you, um, are on the Facebook Horror Vomit page. If you have a question about the movie or you want to talk about something, Chris will never do it, but I will answer any questions you I got about the movie. I answer everybody who fucking messages me. No, 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 but if I talk about a movie we talked about before... Oh, yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up. We already did that one. I don't, so. Yeah, I don't retread shit. Yeah, I'll retread the fuck out of shit. How, so. However, if you do want to talk to me about hair metal, you can find me there. Yeah, the only person on that site you'll hear talk about hair metal. Goddamn right. Oh, oh boy, we are at an hour. Goodbye! Bye! Bye.